0: Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us.
1: I'm presenting a verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of John, and this is the 46th program in this series. I'm presently in the Gospel of John, chapter 9, verse 31. At the end of the previous message, I was explaining that the man who was born blind, the man who was healed by Jesus, was before the Pharisees in the temple. And he was confronting the Pharisees there at the temple, because he was told by them his entire life that the only one, the only person who would ever be able to set him free from what they believed was a divine judgment from God, He was born blind, and they believed that that was a divine judgment. They believed that the only person who could set him free from this divine judgment would be God himself, and it could be done through the Messiah, that the Messiah would be the representative of God. And in this context, what we have is we have God who decided to manifest in the flesh and be the Messiah personally. And he took on the identity of Jesus as we know him in the scriptures. So Jesus performed this healing. The man went to the Pharisees to be accepted by them, because now the revelation has taken place that through the divine healing, this man should be acceptable to them. This is what they were teaching. The people believed. That this was the truth, because the Pharisees taught this, and they related to this man in this way. So when he confronted them with the truth that it was Jesus who healed him, then they had to decide, are we going to accept Jesus as the Messiah, or are we going to live in denial of reality? And that's what they did. They responded in a way that they were determined to deny reality. And through this experience, it became quite clear to the man who was born blind that these people were not being honest with him. In fact, it appeared that they had not been honest with him his entire life, and that they were not honest with the other people who believed that this man was under the divine judgment of God, if that's the case. So he confronted them with the fact that they were lying, that they were dishonest. And you can see through his frustration that he could begin to ask the question, who are these people? Who are they really? What is their role in society? Why am I even here communicating with these people? Well, their role in society was defined by the people. There were enough people who respected the religious leadership that the religious leadership, therefore, had authority by default because there were enough people who would respect their authority. As an example, the synagogues were functional community centers and the religious leaders were given the authority to decide who could be a part of the synagogue or who could not be a part of the synagogue. And the people gave them that authority in order to manage and maintain the quality of the community center, the order within the synagogue. Well, these leaders made a decision that if anyone was to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, then they could not be a participant in the synagogue. The people gave these leaders the authority to be able to make these decisions, and the people would respect these decisions, and that's what gave them authority, that's what gave them power. And so this man sees these leaders as people who simply should not be in these positions of authority because they are being dishonest. They are being dishonest, and they are requiring people to live in denial of reality. If they do not live in denial of reality, by acknowledging that Jesus is the person who healed this man who was born blind, if they decide to do that they decide that they are not going to live in this denial of reality, then the religious leaders are saying that these people cannot participate in the community from a religious point of view. So you have these religious leaders who effectively state that you, this is what they were telling the people back then, they were telling the people that you, you must believe what we say even though it is evident, it is clear that what we say is not true, especially considering all the contradictions that we are expressing concerning this subject, it is obvious that we are demanding that you believe a lie, that you subscribe to a lie, or if you don't believe it, you keep it to yourself, that these people, these People who are in positions of authority are demanding that others live in the lie that these authorities have declared, or else these people cannot be a part of the synagogue. That's who these people are. Now, that is clearly an absolute abuse of their authority. If it was simply a matter of uncertainty, that the religious leaders were uncertain with regards to what the truth was, then they did not have to take a position. They could simply state that we are uncertain and we are looking for more information and we are waiting before we make a judgment. But in this case, there is enough information. They have been confronted with their own doctrines, and they are denying their own doctrines. This is not a matter of not having enough information. They see clearly. They see exactly what has happened. They see clearly who Jesus is, and they are making a decision that they are going to reject him, and if anyone, if anyone goes against their decision, then those people are to be cast out of the synagogue. And that is an absolute abuse of power. And so the role that these people have in this society, their role has now changed. It should have been the role of maintaining truth, maintaining honesty. But in this context, The man who was healed, who was born blind, who can now see, in this context, he has exposed, he has exposed the reality that the religious leaders there in the temple are abusers of their power and they should be removed from the synagogue. They should be the ones who are cast out of the synagogue. They should no longer have their position anymore. Now, earlier, Jesus was there in the temple, and they chased Jesus out of the temple. Jesus went and healed this man who was born blind, and this man went to the temple, and he is effectively declaring to them that they are the ones who should be chased out of the temple. That is the fulfillment of what Jesus initiated when he went to the temple on the day after the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. And so in verse 31, the man did explain that these people simply do not qualify as being religious leaders. And I explained this at the end of the previous program. In verse 31, he said, now we know that God does not hear sinners. And of course, they are now sinners. They have borne false witness. But if anyone is a worshiper of God, well, they obviously are not legitimate worshipers of God because they are not acknowledging the truth and does his will. Well, they obviously are not doing his will. They are abusing the authority that the people have given them as overseers over the people from a religious leadership point of view. They are clearly not. Doing the will of God. But what about the man who was healed? Because he was healed, he is no longer considered to be a sinner. When he was born blind, the religious leaders asserted that he was born blind because of his sin. It was either his or his parents, and I am I'm taking the position that it was most likely his sin that they would have referred to. And so through this divine healing, God has publicly declared that this man is no longer considered to be a sinner like he supposedly once was. So if he was before, which we would have another discussion with regards to whether or not this was legitimate, I don't think so at all. And so even if he was considered to be a sinner before because of the divine healing, according to the beliefs of the Pharisees, he would be recognized as a person who is not a sinner. And he is present. He is there and he is speaking and he is testifying of the truth when they are not. And he goes on in verse 31, but if anyone is a worshiper of God... Is he a worshiper of God? Well, if he wasn't before, he clearly is now, considering the miracle that has taken place and his appreciation for that and his unwillingness to deny reality. He is unwilling to deny Jesus and the divine healing. If he did deny Jesus, then it would be clear that he would not be a worshiper of the God who set him free from the divine judgment or the God who healed him of his blindness. He goes on and says, and does his will. So the man is proclaiming the truth. In this context, he is doing the will of God. He hears him in the sense that God hears him. And obviously, God has heard this man because God has healed him. Whereas God clearly does not hear these religious leaders, these bunch of liars. And so this is an opportunity for a lot of emotional frustration, a lot of frustration from this man who has just been healed, who is experiencing this insanity, this absolute denial of reality. And so in verse 32, the man who was healed picks up the pace a little bit. He proclaims the truth with a little bit more aggression. In verse 32, John chapter 9, verse 32, he said, Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. That's what he tells these people. Now this is a position. This man is taking the position, a position that Jesus is from God. He absolutely is. If he, if he wasn't from God, he couldn't do anything. In fact, you people, you Pharisees, you religious leaders there in the temple, you could do nothing. You could do nothing about the condition that he was in. You could do nothing to help this man be healed of his blindness. You could do nothing to help this man get right with God. But Jesus did. Now what can they say to that? There is nothing that they can say in a legitimate, in a legitimate context. There is nothing they can say to defend themselves, to defend their position, to hold on to their power. There is nothing that they can do in this situation except one thing, and that is to remove this man from their lives. All that they can do with someone who is confronting them in this way with such absolute truth, the only thing that they can do is exit the relationship, or in this context, to demand that he exit the relationship, that he exit the temple, that he exit the synagogue, that he will have no place among the people who respect these leaders. He will have no place in their life ever again. That's all that they can do in order to defend their denial of reality. And so in verse 34, they answered and said to him, You were completely born in sins. They are trying to assert the belief that he was completely born in sins as is evident because he was born blind. And are you teaching us? And they cast him out. That's what they did because he was saying the truth And they were unwilling to hear the truth. Now, this scenario is reasonable. When you have two people who totally disagree, who cannot agree on what is true, then there will have to be a separation. There will have to be a separation such that there is no relationship between the people, at least in the context of truth. And when it comes to the synagogue, when it comes to the temple, when it comes to the churches of today, the same thing happens. It's not unusual at all. And it is good that people can have the freedom to believe whatever they want to believe. And it is good that they can decide who they will have a relationship with and who they won't have a relationship with. When you consider the community centers or the synagogues or the churches of today, they will be organized on the basis of certain truths, certain beliefs, whether they are true or not, they will be beliefs that the people there believe are true. If the people who are in leadership positions, who are in positions of authority, in any kind of congregation, if those people are not sincere and devoted to the beliefs of the congregation, of the community, then they should not be in those positions. Now, in this example, you have leaders who have been confronted with their own beliefs and they have denied their own beliefs, their own teachings, on that basis, they should not be in these positions anymore. If they were true to their own beliefs, if that is the nature of that community, then of course they should be permitted to remain. And if there are people who do not believe in what the community believes, then they need to be there with that understanding that they are not really a part of the community in the same way that everyone else is. And everyone should be respectful of one another. And if the person who believes different things wants to be a part of a community that believes those things, then that person needs to leave that congregation of people and go find a group of people who believe the same things that they believe. They should do that and not disrespect the congregation who does not share in those beliefs of this individual. And I think this is important to recognize. It's important to be respectful of other people, of other churches, of other congregations who believe in things that are different from what you believe. There should be a reasonable measure of respect between people when it comes to having relationships with one another. But this doesn't have to be accomplished through the denial of reality. You don't have to be dishonest in order to accomplish this. People should be honest. They should be open and express their beliefs within reason and within a set of boundaries that the community is willing to have. But there are times when there are religious leaders who contradict themselves. They contradict themselves. They say one thing is true, and then they say something else is true that's the exact opposite of what they said previously was true. And when you have religious leaders who proclaim these contradictory beliefs, and they expect their congregations to believe these contradictory beliefs, these beliefs that simply do not fit together, when they expect people to therefore live in a denial of reality, then these people should be reasonably challenged. They should be challenged. And if they cannot come up with a reasonable answer to that kind of a question, then they should acknowledge that they need a little bit more study, that they need a little bit more research, that they need to work on this a little bit more. And if the people are OK with this person continuing in their position of authority, even in the midst of this uncertainty, then they should, of course, be allowed to do so. But this should all be done openly and honestly regardless of what people believe if there is the presence of contradictions then there is the opportunity for conflict and it's similar to what happened here in this example in the gospel of john chapter 9 it's similar because there are many occasions today when things like this happens when people go and they speak with a pastor for example and they speak with the pastor about the beliefs that the pastor has and about the things that the pastor is teaching. And they confront the pastor with the contradictions that the pastor is presenting. The pastor has to make a decision about how they are going to respond. And it is not unusual for the pastor to require that person to depart from the congregation Because they are making a demand for truth that the pastor or perhaps the congregation do not want to accommodate, they do not want to resolve, it will create too much discomfort that the majority of the people want things to remain how they are. And so there could be an opportunity for a person to be removed from the church asked to leave the church, or this person might just simply be socially isolated to the extent where this person finds it difficult to have relationships with the people in the congregation, and they simply leave on their own because they eventually ask themselves the question, why am I here? And they don't have a good enough answer for why they are really there. And so they depart and go to try to find another group of people. But what you see next here in John chapter nine is that the man departs, the man departs the temple. And in verse thirty five, Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said to him, do you believe in the son of God? And what I want you to see from this in verse thirty five. The first thing that I want you to see is that Jesus speaks with the man outside of the temple. He speaks with the man outside of the synagogue. He has a conversation with the man. He has a relational experience with this man. This man and Jesus engage in a relationship with one another outside of the synagogue outside of the temple, outside of the religious institutions of Israel. It's just the man and Jesus. And this is good. And I want you to see this because I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be encouraged to trust in what you know is true, because sometimes You will experience rejection from other people, even to the point where you will be asked to leave a congregation. But I want you to see, and I want you to know, that Jesus will always be with you. You don't need a temple. You don't need a priesthood. You don't need a church. Jesus will always be with you. And I want you to remember this, during those times When you feel alone and I will continue with this in the next program. Thank you for listening. This is the 46th program in the verse by verse study through the gospel of John. In this program, I was in John chapter nine, verses 31 to 34. This was the end of the conversation that took place between the man who was born blind and he was healed by Jesus between this man and the Pharisees in the temple. In this conversation, the man who was healed exposed the Pharisees as being dishonest and that they should not be in the position of authority that they were in. Now, by default, this would suggest that they should depart from their position, but instead they cast him out of the temple and by default They cast him out of the synagogue because they identified him as a man who believed in Jesus. And I will continue with this in the next program.
0: You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net